following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Quantum Connection, exploring health, science, and spirit with your host, Marina Rose, QDNA. From the smallest cellular structure to the broadest life experiences, every thought, every belief, and every action has the power to transform every aspect of our lives because reality at its core is made manifest through consciousness and its direct connection to the quantum field. It's time to remove the self-imposed boundaries created by your reality and discover practical, everyday tools to transform your life. Now, here is your host, Marina Rose, QDNA. Welcome to Quantum Connection Radio Show. I'm your host, Marina Rose, QDNA, and I want to thank you all for tuning in and listening. You have now entered the quantum field of quantum connection, the intracellular holographic matrix, where we make the impossible possible, utilizing QDNA, quantum DNA acceleration, which combines the cutting-edge science in epigenetics, neuroplasticity, DNA reprogramming, and quantum field theory to assist you to achieve quantum growth in your health, your life, and your business. During this show, we explore health, science, and spirit to accelerate your path to extraordinary living with some of the world's most influential thought leaders, sharing their insights on how to optimize your health and well-being. Today, our topic is epigenetics, behavioral genes, are your Neanderthal caveman genes a genetic obstacle to you now? And our guest is the fabulous Renaissance man, pioneer, inventor, entrepreneur, Dr. James Beard. And Dr. Beard, I want to thank you so much for accepting my invitation to be on my show. And I would like to tell the audience a little bit about you first. And this is what I do know about you. You have more than 40 years experience as a successful inventor and engineer. You pioneered the new science of ultrasonics. While you were at it, you earned several patents. Good for you. Very proud of you. You are a successful entrepreneur. You founded Dynasonics Incorporated, a design and manufacturing company of ultrasonic sensors and computers. You are an extremely compassionate man, full of heart and soul. You took your understanding of mechanical engineering and turned it into bioengineering to delve into the fabric of the human condition with your religious spiritual beliefs, spearheading the research, the subject of behavioral genes for the, for more than 20 years. And during this time, you earned a PhD in natural health. For about eight years, you were the chairman of Catholic Charities, where you were involved with many religious organizations, including nursing homes, churches, and charitable organizations. Currently, you are a chairman of a Chicago chapter of American Scientific Association, 
a national professional association whose members are scientists who believe in God. The organization's mission is to bring harmony to science and religion, and we need it. As a natural health advocate with an inventor's and scientist's curiosity, you studied genetics, common behaviors, and you researched epigenetics, which holds the promise of modifying behavior by gene expression. You are the author of six books on human behavior, The Happiness Plan, The Modern Christian's Happiness Plan, Mindful Meals Diet, Obesity Genes, Happiness Genes, Behavioral Genes. You've won many awards and appeared on major TV stations and dozens of radio shows. Today's show is about epigenetics, behavioral genes. Are your Neanderthal caveman genes a genetic obstacle to you now? This is what we're going to talk about. We had an awesome interview with Dr. Beard on happiness genes. If any of you missed this previous interview, please tune in. It was fantastic. And without any further ado, Dr. Beard, before we get started on this subject, is there anything you know you have to share something about yourself with the audience that you haven't shared with Ed in any of your books or any other interviews? So go for it. Uh, <clears throat> my interest, uh, <clears throat> basically an engineer, uh, that was when I was during my working days, and because of that, I know <clears throat> I need have a need to know how things work. So when I saw <clears throat> how people were getting bigger and bigger, and there didn't seem to be any solution to that particular problem, I looked into it and found that basically the, the problem had to do with the genetic background of people, and that's why they're getting larger and larger. And that's a component, but in those days, people didn't really know what to do about it. Now we're finding out that you can, in fact, change your genetic expression. And this field of epigenetics is becoming huge. And, in fact, in 2008, the National Institute of Health announced a $190 million grant for epigenetics research over the following five years in announcing the funding, government officials noted that epigenetics has the potential to explain mechanisms of aging, human development, the origin of cancer, heart disease, mental illness, as well as many other disorders. Now, the particular area that I'm interested in is behavior, is why do we behave the way we do? Because obviously our behavior affects our well-being and our happiness to a great extent. Now, it all started, I think we need to just touch on the basic fount of why we're in this situation. Um, A long time ago maybe 120,000 years ago, something like that, when our particular species got to a point where it was pretty close to our present situation, we developed a series of genetics and behaviors that allowed us to survive in a very hazardous environment. There was hazards from all areas, 
the lion in the ti- lion in the bushes, the marauding other tribes, the competition for mates, and to a large extent, the competition for natural resources such as food and um, survival mechanisms and shelter. Now, to live in those days. Um, we developed a certain set of instructions in our head, which we now call our unconscious mind, and those instructions are still there. Our right. genes have not changed over 120,000 years ago, nor has our brain. In fact, the scientists believe our brain is the same as it was during Stone Age. Right. So what's right. different now is we have a hugely different environment so the behaviors that allowed our ancestor to survive in those days are no longer beneficial. In many cases, you can see, just by merely looking at the news and reading and just being aware, you can see today the level of aggression, competition, conflict. Uh, look at all the world situations of total conflict from country to country, and it changes and it's the same kind of conflict they had many thousands of years ago in the same areas. Uh, prejudice and stress stress in the United States has caused depression. Depression is over 20% in the United States. In fact, uh, mental illnesses run about 30% in the United States. And because of that, we have fear and worry, people worrying all the time or despair and, and, and moods and feelings that take away from their well-being. Right. Now, it's, it's not their fault. They just don't understand yet, and that's why I wrote this book, what causes our behaviors to change. Right. There are certain components to our behaviors, one of them being genetics, another one being a culture where you live, and another one being the behaviors of people you see around you. Now, that uh, is explained by a, a factor called heritability. Heritability is the percentage of genetics that you inherit from your parents. Culture, we understand what that is. It's kind of where you live and what your social atmosphere in. And behavior is what other people are doing and their behaviors. So what's happened up until fairly recently is social scientists and psychologists are saying, well, the genetic part is a given, so we have to live with that, and then we can change our other behaviors provided that we understand what causes different behaviors. So there's different kinds of uh, personality and situations that cause different behaviors. So, for instance, uh, most all of our behaviors have a 20 to 50% heritability factor. Like, like, for instance, personality. Personality is 50% heritable. So the personality that you have and I have, you inherit to a great extent half of it from your parents and the people before them. So what's found out now in recent science of epigenetics is that you don't have to accept 
your genes completely, you can make some changes. Uh, at its most basic, epigenetics is the study of these changes in gene expression that do not involve alterations to DNA. And they can be caused by any signals or drivers in our environment. Uh, they can be thought of as uh, genes can be thought of our blueprints, and that's a rough way of putting it, to provide the design for the human body and how it develops. The word genome, a combination of the words gene and chromosome, refers to the genetic information of any organism. The human genome is often called the map of our DNA. However, the genes don't make decisions about what they do or whether they turn on or turn off. Uh, an article in, uh, recently in the Discover magazine put it this way, a human liver cell contains the same DNA as the brain cell, yet somehow it knows to code only those proteins needed for the function of the liver. So what's the difference? The difference is <clears throat> the genes provide some instructions, but it's the proteins that carry out the work. In fact, it's the shape of the proteins that describes its function. So that's why different cells that do have different functions have different shapes. Now, during your lifetime, alterations are made in response to your environment, which includes your surroundings, life experiences, uh, diet, personal behavior, and even beliefs and perceptions. And this is the area in which I'm so interested because it can be demonstrated that by using outside and environmental signals or drivers, if you want to put it that way, you can affect not your genes, but you can affect the proteins, the shape of the proteins, actually change your shape and therefore change their expression. And you can, in fact, turn your genes, a particular gene, on or off, in effect. Correct. So to give you a good, a simple example, let's take, I'm sure we all know about the placebo effect for instance, which shows that what you think, what you believe, changes your biology. That pill that you were told is going to be effective and change your health, it did, and then you found out later it was just a fake. But yet your mind controlled your biology to that extent, and the way it did it, in simple terms, it changed the proteins. Right. So well, I have a I have a question okay. for you. Okay. So so far you're reminding me of Dr. Amit Goswami because you're just taking over my radio show. So you've answered oh, really? my first question that I never got to ask. So thank you for that, which is what inspired you to write the book, and I love it. My next question was you answered it as well: genetics, epigenetics, self awareness, and culture. And I did want you to break that down. So we'll maybe go back to that in just a moment. But you brought up something that I wanted to ask you about. And that is, 
you touched on it. Epigenetics is a huge business with $100 million given to the research at NIH, National Institute of Health. So the epigenome and the genetic markers can be thought of as the blueprints, which is what you just said, and provide the design for the human body and how it develops. And they can be rewritten. You've said that. Our mind and our thoughts and feelings are so such powerful that so powerful that most people um, give credit to don't give credit to it. Then there were studies done on the placebo. The FDA concluded it was in clinically insignificant. The NCCAM, the National Center of Complementary and Alternative Medicine, lists it as a epigenetic therapy. Why do you think the FDA has concluded that it's insignificant, the tests that were done, yet the NCCAM sort of lists it as an alternative therapy? Well, the, if I understand you right, the, the FDA With the placebo. Uh, passes drugs, <clears throat> gives a go-ahead on drugs, does that by requiring that the drug be more effective than a placebo. That's their standard, or one of their main standards, for accepting drugs. And you can't get a drug by if it's not more effective. The placebo can be approximately 40% effective. Now, under certain circumstances, such as someone tells you, like your physician says it's going to work, um, and you believe in your physician, this placebo effect can go up to maybe 80%. Now, so there's a lot of talk around about why don't we practice placebo medicine? Because the feeling is, well, that's not ethical because it's not scientific medicine. It's not mainstream medicine. But if it works, well, but that why thought not? that is still there, and whether people do it on purpose or they don't, I'm talking about the <clears throat> medical organization, there is some of that in there because when's the last time you went to the doctor and they didn't say, well, you'll be getting better, take this, you'll feel better, call me in the morning, or maybe you don't have to call me. They're building in your mind already some placebo effect. That's now, correct. the reality is that the human population in the United States spends... 50% of their disposable medical dollars on complementary uh, and alternative types of medicine, mm -hmm. which mentions the ones that you just mentioned. Right. And they are not, most of these could be considered body-mind types of effects. And they they don't meet the same scientific standards as some of our medical science does meet. However, um, they have a place in our business and they are under the auspices of National Health Organization, have their own department. These things do work for some people for some time. The problem with the placebo effect as a permanent thing is it doesn't work uh, continuously because you have to believe continuously that it will work, and we're just not that um, regimented to do that. We find other beliefs come into our minds. You don't forget it's based on your beliefs, and our beliefs right. change frequently. 
No, and I understand I, that. I mean, I have a... Rena. Sorry? What did you say? I thought you were going to make a comment. Oh, I was, I was, but I wanted you to finish. Oh, okay. Um, Now, where this comes, now, talk about beliefs. Now we get down to, we've shown and demonstrated how your perceptions and your belief can change your biology in a certain instance and to a certain degree. Um, Now, how does this happen? Why do our beliefs change? Well, the reason, the main reason for that is going back to our <clears throat> um, ancestors. In those days, the ancestors had to come up with quick decisions. They had to react quickly. It meant their life. It, it meant evading a hazard. And that's where the fight-or-flight syndrome became effective at that time. You either run away or you fought. We still have it today, and you can see it in road rage in different situations, but we had to make an immediate decision. And that's what's called intuitive thinking. It's a gut reaction. You react quickly, intuitively, because of the beliefs you have in your mind, which to a large degree were formed at some other time in some other environment. And because we do things without um, sufficient facts, we frequently make mistakes. Not only do we make mistakes, we make wrong judgments, and our beliefs change. We have wrong beliefs. And the alternative to that is something called critical thinking, and that's the type of thinking that most um, scientists and people who are in their conscious mind Use And that's the kind of thinking that involves basing it on, on facts, not just on some guess. So when we guess, which most of us do most of the time, we make a lot of mistakes. And we interpret things different. We have wrong beliefs. Mm-hmm. And so that's where, uh, like, cognitive therapy comes into play to teach us how to think right. So that's, that's a major problem, but the answer to that is, is a very critical one, I think, and that's more consciousness. And when you're in your conscious mind, <clears throat> you're in a mind that only works now. Um, some people call it living in the moment. And it is not thinking about the past because the unconscious mind is totally in the past. Basically, it's a recording of what happened in your past. And it's your mind, unconscious mind, is nothing more than a defensive machine. It's the thing that tries to protect you. Don't worry about this. Don't do that. This might hurt. Don't go there. Because those things in days gone by saved your life. Today, in this environment, it's not the case. So you have habits that are undesirable because we are operating in our unconscious mind, and that voice in our heads that's running around all the time telling us what to do and where to go and so forth is basically a product of our unconscious mind. Now, when you're in your conscious mind, that voice disappears. There is no voice in the head. It's quite a different experience. Quite a different experience. To get rid of that voice in the head where your head is, sometimes I say it when I'm meditating, I'm saying, where's the thoughts? What's going on here? 
Right. So you're in your conscious state, and the conscious state is when you make your most creative moves. Mm-hmm. That's the situation where you don't have past fears and future worries. Um, and it's, in my mind, it's the most important thing we could do to try and bring more peace to the world and less conflict. Right. So one of the reasons I chose the subject of behavioral genes for the show was because behavior can make us or break us, as you know. And it gives a person health, wealth, success on their terms, happiness. And, you know, it's so important because, like, in my business, it's uh, epigenetics is just one of the four pillars of quantum DNA acceleration. And my business is based on modifying a client's behavior. Mm-hmm. And... We talk about, you You touched about belief systems, and we, I mean, a person, once they start working on their belief systems, they have to continue working on them, because they will go backwards, which is what yeah, this, true. that's what this, this show is about. So, um, you know, I want to really touch on that, because I think we've, we've I, I mean, I think this is really important because, yes, we've got the Neanderthal caveman genes that does tend to get in our way. But at the same time, there is solutions to this. You know, the, the, mm-hmm. as I call it, the prehistoric programming. So, you know, where, as, as Neil deGrasse Tyson said, where, um, you know, 1% distinguishes us from a chimp. That 1% yeah, that we can true. think we can do math, science, you know, compose symphonies, etc. So why do you think, and you've sort of touched on it a little bit, why do you think people don't take this information so seriously? I mean, it comes from the FDA, get it. You know, the NCCAM is going with it. But it is, you know, like if a doctor says this medicine will work or it won't work, they they are modifying your gene expression just by that because if they say you're going to die nine times out of ten, you're dying. If they say you've got eighteen months, guess what? You've obligated yourself to die within those eighteen months, unless you choose to modify your belief systems. So I want to ask you, why do you feel people well, are not uh, okay, taking I'll this you, information I'll, seriously? I'll tell you my thought on that. Um, yes. And I've touched on it before. Let's take an example. Um, let's take evolution, for instance. Evolution is a science that's been proved uh, nine different ways. There isn't any scientist that doesn't believe in it, or any, any critical thinking group that doesn't believe it. Certainly no biologist, because it's now the foundation of biology. However... After all that has been said, 50% of the people in the United States don't believe in evolution. Why? They think we were like more than 5,000 years ago in our present form. Why? Still here I want to know why. Back that fact. And the reason they do that, I think, is because they're in their unconscious mind. And their unconscious mind is a mind of gut reaction, and their initial thought is, well, how could something like that happen? How can a, we evolve from a monkey, from a chimp, into what we have today with our modern society, our iPhones, 
televisions, et cetera, and so forth. So that's what I think. Um, because as long as we think without facts, we're going to come up with some very unpleasant thoughts. And they're going to be, uh, it not only involves in that, but it involves in conflicts, aggression, competition, and so forth. Right. right. So in my book, uh, in this last book, I come up with uh, what I think are the most practical types of epigenetic therapy, and one of them is cognitive therapy. And the way cognitive therapy works is to study what is right. It's called right thinking. And so you have to get a person thinking, and they, to do this, they should be in their conscious mind, and they have, then they realize someone teaches you or you learn by reading something that's in that area what is right, what is true, what is scientific, what is the facts. And when you do that enough, that will help you change your opinion. Right. But you have to know from whose perspective. It was very interesting. I had Dr. Jeffrey Schwartz on the show um, a couple of weeks ago, and he was talking about the wise advocate with within yourself but if you've and I, I want to just bring that in but I also want to bring in from whose perspective is it from the cognitive therapist's perspective is it from what's been downloaded from the internet's perspective when someone's conscious something that he said was conscious but they could be conscious in negativity and I think you mean conscious in positivity correct oh, in, of course yes okay uh, I really I wanted conscious- to clarify that Conscious, <clears throat> that's when you're in your conscious mind. Yeah, the, the positive. You know, you know that when you're in your conscious mind because you can't think in your subconscious mind. Your subconscious mind doesn't work. It's stopped when you're in your conscious mind. And how do you get there? You could start off with meditation or mindfulness to clear your mind of the voice that's running around in your head and give your mind some peace, the mind can only think of one thing at a time. And because that's the case, if you're thinking about something that's positive and not anything else, you can clear your mind. Anybody can meditate. It's a natural function based upon the fact that you can only think about one thing at a time. The problem is people don't think about one thing at a time. So it needs to focus on something a word, uh, a phrase, something, a breath. The breath is a good way, and that will stop what's going on in your mind as long as you're doing that. And you can do that while you're walking around or some other place, just count your breaths. And it makes a huge difference. And people say, well, I'm wasting time doing this. I should be doing that and doing this. But the reality is that you're saving time because you'll be much more effective at what you do. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love what you said. You use your mind 24-7. In actuality, your mind uses you without you even being aware of it. And the Anatole caveman genes really do get in the way. Um, Because that's what you're saying. You're on automatic pilot. You're just looping all the time, correct? Right. Yeah. That's the way it works. Mm -hmm. So, so, uh, you say your mind uses you, and uh, it does that. Because of what happened a lot of years ago, 
in the in the forest of the savannas. If you needed that to save, it saved our ancestors. So at that time, it was a wonderful thing. Um, in today's environment, which is totally different, um, it gets it creates undesirable types of habits. And as I say, you can just look around the world and you can see what's happening. And that's all caused by conflict. Correct. And yeah. conflict is, when it comes right down to it, it's competition for limited resources. Exactly the same situation we had 120,000 years ago. They were fighting over who gets to eat what. I just, I just happened to see this on uh, the other night. Uh, on the chimpanzee show from uh, at Geo Wild. And it showed these groups of chimpanzees, and one of them controlled a certain food area of nuts, another one had a certain food area of grapes. And when the grapes ran out, they wanted to get the nuts. So they they fought, and they had a terrible conflict to fight, and it was very brutal. But, I mean, it's it's a, it's a perfect example of what we're looking at today. People competing for limited resources, and they're afraid somebody else is going to get it. Correct. Yes, yes. So here comes one of my famous loaded questions. The unconscious mind is the recorder of all instincts in your life, ancestral genetic experiences. It takes into consideration everything from relationships to the past, develop habits to defend against past mistakes. However, the cane man brain does get in the way. Um, so I want you to bring that in, and I know you have been bringing that in a little bit, or a lot, and then I want you to bring in the Neanderthal caveman defense against perceived threats, which in today's society, well, even then, it keeps you in fright, flight, freeze, fighting mode, which fires you up and in effect, can, you know, totally affects your cortisol levels and your adrenals and your health. And uh-huh. keeps you completely on guard. And then I want you to also bring in, if they stay, if a person decides, as we'll use your wording, the unconscious mind, if they decide to stay unconscious and stay in those Neanderthal caveman belief systems, then those worries and concerns are then projected into their illusionary future, which is propelling the loop. So bring that all together for us, please. Well, <clears throat> I've heard a lot of different uh, theories okay. between the Neanderthals and, <clears throat> and Homo sapiens. Why did we survive and they didn't? Uh, that's at the heart of what you're talking about, I think. Mm-hmm. Would you agree? Yeah. Okay. I heard some different theories. I'll give you... Um, they had a bigger brain than we did, and um, one theory is that we developed, when I say we, a present species, developed some language. They didn't. So that's one theory. Uh, another theory is, and I kind of I like this one, the, if, you, if you can see, everybody loves dogs. What do they like? What do they like? Dogs. Well, all dogs eventually came from wolves. So why? How could that happen? Well, here's one. Here's another theory: the Neanderthals did not have white eyes. The Sapiens had white eyes, like we do. Hmm. So, 
the wolves had white eyes. So the theory goes that the wolves could communicate with the sapines because they had they both had white eyes and they communicated with their eyes. If you notice today, I'm sure everybody's seen this. If you if you have a dog with you, he's going to look at he's going to look at your right your eyes if you're meeting a new yes. dog. Yes, they do. Or a pet, they'll look at you right in your eyes. Why why is it? Mm-hmm. So um, the theory goes that because the wolves could communicate with the sapines, that they helped them in hunting, and that gave them an edge over the Neanderthals. Right. I, I can't prove this, but I, it's a very interesting theory. It is. Dr. Beard, we have ran out of time, and um, I just want to thank you so much for coming on the Quantum Connection Show. And My you're pleasure. such a wonderful gift to me and the universe and all of her people. I love your heart and soul and passion that you have for all of humanity. Thank you for writing all of the books. And it was such a pleasure and honor having you on the show. And again, I'm so grateful to have this slice of life with you. And I'm thrilled to have this show documented in our treasured archives for all of our future listeners. You are fabulous. Thank you so much. Everyone well, stay you, tuned. Marina, you do a wonderful job on the air and what the kind of information that you give to people. I love it. We're both educators. We love it. Thank you so much. Stay tuned, everyone. We'll be right back with mess from after our messages with spon- from our sponsors with questions and answers. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Do you feel alone? Even when you're surrounded by others, do you feel that there's sometimes nowhere to turn and nobody really understands? Remember, you are not alone. Every week, host April J. Ford, who has faced adversity as a constant in her life, helps you rise above life's challenges with your own blueprint meant to help you find out who you are. April's challenges have included childhood sexual abuse, becoming a widow and single parent at 32, and other such curveballs. She'll help you every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. We're all living in the moment, but you never know when life is going to take a unique turn. It doesn't have to be a challenge, but perhaps more of a detour to get where we need to be. On The Sky's the Limit, host Karen Levitt knows that experience, having faced it herself. Learn about her journey from a life-changing event to where she is now. Her guests are amazing people who are living these experiences and overcoming obstacles. Learn from their stories every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You're listening to Quantum Connection, exploring health, science, and spirit with Marina Rose QDNA. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to info at marinaroseqdna.com. 
Now, back to Quantum Connection, exploring health, science, and spirit. Welcome back, everyone, to Quantum Connection Radio Show, where we do explore health, science, and spirit to act accelerate your path to extraordinary living. The telephone lines are open for you to call in and you can call in at 1-888-346-9141. International call is 001-480-553-5754 or email me info at marinaroseqdna.com. Well, welcome to my world in the quantum field of quantum connection, the intracellular holographic matrix, where we do make the impossible possible utilizing qDNA, quantum DNA acceleration, which combines the cutting edge science in epigenetics, neuroplasticity, DNA reprogramming, and quantum field theory to assist you to achieve quantum growth in your health, your life, and your business. We are in the midst of one of the most exciting times that I call the quantum conscious, positive evolution, revolution of limitlessness, brilliance, and genius. Yes, you can have limitlessness, brilliance, and genius in all areas of your life. All you have to do is to choose to have it with focused intention and either with epigenetics, neuroplasticity, DNA reprogramming, or quantum field theory, or just plain focused attention and then take action. QDNA, quantum DNA acceleration, is based on the four pillars of health, epigenetics, neuroplasticity, DNA reprogramming, and quantum field theory. This is the way to change your DNA and instantly change your life. This is the way to change your beliefs and instantly change your life. This is the way to unlock your emotional creative intelligence. This is a way to take control and recreate your genetic destiny, to recreate and change your negative financial destiny. QDNA is about retraining, reprogramming your brain for success in all areas of your life and to fast track it to where you want to go, how you want to do it, hopefully in the highest and best way, in the most positive way that is right for you. It's an ancient Vedic science meets modern quantum science to balance and heal and transform you in the most positive and profound way. We are connected to everything and everyone everywhere. You are part of the universe. There is no separation between you and the universe and your environment. This is an old Buddhist concept. It is quantum physics. So welcome, welcome, welcome. QDNA, quantum DNA acceleration, is about creating a lifestyle in all areas of your life that is under the one umbrella of quantum living in the quantum realm where we utilize the intracellular holographic matrix, what science calls the field. This is where we decode, reconstruct, reorganize, recode the mind, the body for limitless manifestations and healings. And one way that we do that is with epigenetics, which is one of the four pillars of QDNA that Dr. Beard spoke to us at length about with the, and in his book, The Behavioral Gene. So, and that we can change the genus. We modify our behavior, which then modifies our gene expression. So, one thing 
is that I'm in constant awe of the and have incredible gratitude and appreciation to the huge, dynamic, massive, massive tidal wave of heart-centered scientists, researchers, and journalists making such a difference in people's lives. I want you all to keep going. It's awesome. Greg Braden said, we form heart-centered beliefs within our bodies, and that language of physics, we're creating the electrical magnetic expression of them as waves of energy, which aren't confined to our hearts or limited to our physical barrier of our skin and bones. So we're clearly, we're, so clearly we're speaking to the world around us each moment, every day, through a language that has no words, the belief waves of our hearts. And I see this to be true in my work every day with my clients, how pure love can open up their heart and then their cells and DNA open up to be receptive immediately to the new reprogramming. Science is perhaps the last place that you think you could get the change, you know, behavioral genes, but it's not. Quantum physics is paving the way. And what Dr. Beard said, you know, about evolution psychology and cognitive therapies, I'm telling you, epigenetics, quantum physics, it's paving the way for incredible dynamic changes. So would you like to know what it's like to feel to have every cell in your DNA strands in your body downloaded with positive, powerful, heart-centered love and quantum limitlessness and genius? And while I'm activating all of your genes to be healthy and happy so you can have health, joy and happiness, financial abundance in all areas of your life. And if you do, just say yes and I'll download you like a little computer crow break. Beautiful. So how does that feel? And do you feel the difference? And hopefully you do feel the difference. So if you didn't want that download, please understand you would never have gotten it. With qDNA, quantum DNA acceleration, we are ushering the new renaissance and regeneration in the growing practice of mind-body medicine and holistic lifestyles. It's a paradigm shift in the health and medicine, no different than the one that shook the world of physics so many years ago. And in fact, still shaking the physics world because we've still... So we've still got the Newtonian physics and then we've got the new quantum physics and there's still like such an incredible disparity between both. And um, I guess this is where we get, we keep just the passion of these incredible scientists and researchers and journalists will keep doing their work and we'll just keep getting it out. I will work on getting this information out to you continuously because it's so important, because it is a paradigm shift that happened so many years ago, hundreds of years ago, yet we're still there, basically. This is where we, re- we can reprogram you to remove all the conflicts that may hinder your health, wealth, happiness, success, and have the outstanding success that you want in your life with epigenetics. And the success is in all areas of your life. So what is epigenetics? Well, As you heard, Dr. Beard, it's one of the hottest fields in science right now. It explores how genes behave when their environment changes, okay? 
when their environment changes, that also means a person's belief systems. When you start working on a person's belief systems, believe me, I see it in my practice with my clients that continuously come to me. We change a belief. We keep changing the belief. We keep changing the beliefs. Their lives can completely change, like overwhelmingly overchange. And they can't even believe that they've gone from point A to point B, you know, or point Z actually in like such lightning speed. Okay. So it actually changes the gene expression. We're changing the behavior. We're changing the programs in the person. And therefore, it's like what I said to Dr. Beard earlier. It, our behavior makes us or breaks us. It's the difference between taking an action, not taking an action. It's the difference between changing your beliefs, not changing your beliefs. He talked about being unconscious and Americans wanting to be unconscious. I'm hoping and praying that they want to be conscious, at least in my little world, in the qDNA world of quantum DNA acceleration and in my healing practice, that's all I see people wanting to change. And But they're high-functioning people that really want the change. Then there's the other people that need their backs up against the wall and Western, they've done everything in Western medicine. Boom, they get the change. They get the breakthrough. So... Let's go back to Bruce Lipton. He's one of the pioneering scientists who's given scientists and the everyday person an understanding that your cell's true brain is in the magical membrane. Bruce Lipton had been taught at university in the past that genes control a person's life. He later found out that the biology that he was taught regarding genetic um, determinism was actually fundamentally flawed. His heart-centered research, I keep going back to these heart-centered researchers, doctors, scientists, journalists, led him to realize through a science-based path, he could change the genetic destiny from victim to constructor to architect of his own destiny. How brilliant is that? And if you don't think it's brilliant, it's brilliant. So I'm saying it for you. Two branches of science emerged from his discoveries. The first is a signal transduction focused on the biochemical pathways by which the cells respond to the environmental cues. The signal transduction science reveals behavior of an organism is directly linked to its perception of the environment. So in simple terms, our life is based on how we perceive it. Going back to what we were talking about with Dr. Beard, if you're stuck in that Neanderthal caveman world where you're always in fright, flight, freeze, fighting, competition, it is going to exhaust you and you're going to perceive your world from that world of hunger. And I'm not talking that I'm not talking about hunger from being hungry. I'm talking about that hunger that is you're always fighting. You're always everyone's against you. It's that sort of place. Okay, so the second area of science, epigenetics, is the science of how environmental signals select, modify, and regulate 
gene activity. This area of science shows us that our genes are constantly being recoded in response to our life experiences. So whatever you've gone through, if you've had, you know, if you're always had negative relationships, you're going to keep on expecting negative relationships because it's what you perceive. So it's going back to what you've been programmed from, from your ancestors, from the beginning of time, between lifetimes, all lifetimes, including this lifetime, multiverses, whatever you've been programmed is how you're going to perceive everything to be, which is not a great place to be at if it's negative. So we want positivity because if we have that positive programming, then everything comes to you quickly, easily, effortlessly, and efficiently, and fluidly. Boom, bam, done. Okay. Again, this is the emphasis of our perceptions affect our biology and our biology affects our life. His research changed everything in science and medicine. His research exposed that genes and DNA do not control our biology. Instead, the DNA is controlled by signals from outside the cells, including the energetic messages emanating from our positive or negative thoughts. In other words, our beliefs and our beliefs are how you set up your construct for your life in all areas of your life. And epigenetics acknowledges that the changes in our environmental perceptions can create up to 30,000 variations or more for each of our genes. Can you imagine how much that is? This is why epigenetics is one of the four pillars of qDNA, quantum DNA acceleration. Change your beliefs, instantly change your life. I want to thank you so much for listening to Quantum Connection Radio Show. I absolutely love connecting with you all. Please tune in next week for another brilliant, extraordinary, influential thought leader that will rock your world. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Love you all. Marina Rose, QDNA. Thank you for enjoying Quantum Connection, exploring health, science, and spirit with Marina Rose QDNA. Please join us again for another edition of the program next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Change your DNA, instantly change your life.